Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Because it is the fourth Sunday in Advent, we're going to be considering the beautiful words recorded in Luke chapter 1 of the angel announcing to Mary that she's going to conceive and give birth to a child, and she is to call him Jesus. Our first lesson for this fourth Sunday in Advent is found recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 7, beginning at verse 8. You are also to say the following to my servant David. This is what the Lord of armies says. I took you from the pasture, from following sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. I have been with you wherever you went. I have cut off all your enemies from before you. I will make your reputation great like that of the great ones on the earth. I will set up a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them there. They will dwell there, and they will not be disturbed again. Violent men will not afflict them again as they did at the beginning and ever since the day I appointed judges over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also declares to you that the Lord himself will make a house for you. When your days are complete and your rest from your fathers, I will raise up after you your seed who will come from your own body. I will establish his kingdom. He will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he sins, I will discipline him with the rod used by men and with blows of the sons of men. My faithful mercy will not depart from him as I removed it from Saul, whom I removed to make room for you. Your house will stand firm, and your kingdom will endure forever before you. Your throne will be established forever. The word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 16, beginning at the 25th verse. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, According to the revelation of the mystery that was veiled in silence for long ages past, but now has been revealed through the prophetic scriptures and made known to all the Gentiles in keeping with the command of the eternal God, resulting in the obedience of faith to God, who alone is wise, be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, beginning at the 26th verse. These words words serve as the basis for our sermon this morning. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin pledged in marriage to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. 
but she was greatly troubled by the statement and was wondering what kind of greeting this could be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, because you have found favor with God. Listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the hosts of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One, to be born, will be called the Son of God. Listen, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, even though she was called a barren, and this is her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible for God. Then Mary said, See, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, beginning at the 26th verse. I open with these words from the angel Gabriel speaking to Mary. Listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and worshipers of the babe of Bethlehem, every time I do a baptism, and I started this when I began my ministry over 30 years ago, that I always have a baptism arrangement sheet filled out. Now some of you know this and, and have filled out this sheet before. And this baptism arrangement sheet, sheet, sheet simply says that it asks for the name, the full name of the child, and, and the parent's name and the address, and now we include email and phone numbers, and, and then along with it, uh, the, the date of birth and where it was born, and include the sponsors and name of witnesses. But the key to filling out this baptism arrangement form is the first thing I do is I hand the sheet to the mother, because usually I can read her writing. And I hand it to her to fill it out. I don't want her to tell me how to fill it out, especially if I ask her to spell out the words in case I would make a mistake. This way I have myself covered. And this helped me once. Way early in my ministry, I had a baptism in church. And we always hung a banner with the child's name and the baptism date on that banner. And after the baptism, after the service, Grandma came up, and she was irate. Oh, did I get a good chewing out. She said, I looked at that banner, and you spelt my granddaughter's name wrong. And she looked at it and said that everyone in the church is seeing that misspelling and this was an embarrassment to me and you ruined the service and you ruined the baptism and I apologize profusely. I am so sorry. It was not our intention. I can't believe we, we try to be so careful. I am truly sorry. But hey, let me pull out that baptism arrangement sheet. 
and just double check. And sure enough, it was spelled correctly. Grandma didn't know how her daughter was spelling her daughter's name. And after she apologized, she said, I think I gotta go talk to my daughter about this. And I said, I think that would be a good idea. Now Mary, the virgin, uh, the mother of our Lord, did not have the privilege of choosing a name. Isn't that the wonder and joy when a couple have a child that they get to choose the name and now even get to choose how they spell the name? Mary didn't get that choice, nor did she even get the choice to spell it. It was a common spelling. We have it recorded in the Holy Scriptures. The word Jesus, the Old Testament name, simply means is Joshua. And both Jesus, which is Greek, Joshua, which is Hebrew, means the Lord saves. It is a name that was actually considered very common, but it was a name that described our Lord perfectly because it described who he is and what he has come to do. All of this is taking place on, in the sixth month, we're told. The angel Gabriel was sent to the Lord to go six months before this to the capital city of Jerusalem to the holy temple where a priest was offering prayers. It was his turn. And he was offering prayers in behalf of the people. So he was the only one inside the temple. The angel Gabriel came to him and told him that he and his wife would have a child. And this child would become known as John the Baptist. He would also be the one who would prepare people for the coming of the Lord. He was the one who would say, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But Elizabeth, his wife, was in her old age. She was beyond the age of childbearing, and she had been barren this whole time. What the angel was announcing to Zechariah was that this was going to be a miracle birth but a miracle birth which would include both Zechariah and Elizabeth. It would be their child. After six months of being pregnant, only three more months to go, now the angel Gabriel is sent to not the capital city of Jerusalem into the temple, but instead to a small village, sent from God himself, sent to a house, way in, up in, well, it was Nazareth, up in Galilee. Oh, several day travel from Jerusalem. And he meets, just as he met Zechariah alone, he meets with the woman of the house, Mary, alone. Now we are told that the angel said to her, listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus. But there was an important issue to consider. How can she conceive and give birth to a son when she was a virgin? And, and several times our text makes note of this, that this woman was a virgin, that he went to the house of a virgin, that, in other words, she was a, a woman who's never had a relationship with a man. 
And therefore, how could she conceive and give birth to a son? It would require a man. Well, now some believe that the word virgin here can be translated young woman. And therefore, if we understand it as young woman, then we can understand it as she was a woman that did probably have relationship with others, just didn't get pregnant. And they make a big deal out of that when you go back to Isaiah chapter 9, where we hear of Isaiah speaking to the wicked king Ahaz, that the gives him a sign that the virgin will be with child. 700 years before the birth of Christ, it was announced that it would be a virgin birth and that he would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. But know that in the original language, whether it's the Greek or whether it's the Hebrew, you can translate the word young woman, but it's always in the sense of a virgin. Of a, of a woman who's of marriageable age but has not had a relationship in a marriage or even outside of marriage. So the whole argument and, and these kind of accusations are mute and silly and ridiculous. She was a virgin. So how could she conceive and give birth to a son so she can name him Jesus? And besides all this, she is engaged to be married. She pledged in marriage to a man. Now, the marriage ceremony then is, is different than it is today. So what happens is, is you, would, you would offer your vows of, of faithfulness to one another, usually within an intimate group. And then later, then the husband would get his wife and bring her to his house where they would come together officially as husband and wife. So yes, she was pledged to be married. She has a husband, but has had no union with him. When Mary hears all this, the origi originally she was actually very terrified when the angel came and spoke to her. Oh yes, the angel Gabriel said, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you, and, and, and you have found favor with God. He's telling her, do not be afraid. So now her terror turns to being perplexed and confused. Being perplexed and confused led her to ask the question that we would expect her to ask. Since she's going to conceive and give birth to her son, her body's going to change. What is it going to be like? What is going to happen? Because this is going to be a virgin birth. There's never been a virgin birth. And there will never be another. This is one of a kind. So she asks the question, how can this be since I am a virgin? Now the angel Gabriel didn't get into all the technical biological details on how this is going to happen, but just simply said it's going to happen. The Most High is going to overpower you. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. So the one to be born will be the Son of God. He even points her to a sign, Elizabeth, your relative, who is said to be barren and well past the age of childbearing, is going to have a child. For nothing is impossible with God. What is impossible for us is possible for God, because he is the Almighty. As we celebrate Christmas, isn't that what's at the heart of it? Is 
We're celebrating a miracle. We're celebrating a virgin birth. And, and, and not just a virgin birth. We're celebrating that this is the Son of God who took on human flesh and is the Son of Man who will take our place and suffer on the cross for our sins. That's a miracle. He'll conquer death once and for all. That's his greatest miracle. Over and over again, what Jesus has done is a miracle. The miracles not only point to the fact that, our, that he is the Son of God, but the miracles also point to the fact that it would require a miracle to be saved because we could not save ourselves. Now concerning the virgin birth, oh, many believe that the reason for the virgin birth is so that Jesus could be born sinless. Since we all inherit a sinful nature from our parents, going back to Adam and Eve, we're born sinners who need a savior, let alone we are ones who commit sins. Some believe that because of the virgin birth, it makes Mary sinless because she's innocent and pure. I've always kind of questioned those kind of philosophies. I've always leaned towards the understanding that the virgin birth doesn't prove that Jesus is sinless, for Jesus is the Son of God, and the Son of God is sinless. But the virgin birth definitely does prove that only God could be the Father, and therefore Jesus is truly the second person of the Holy Trinity, the Son of God, who took on human flesh to pay for our sins and win for us forgiveness and eternal life. This is what the virgin birth definitely proves. And in connection with that virgin birth, we must not overlook these words that oftentimes are passed over very quickly. When the angel said to her, the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. Oh, Isaiah was told that the Savior, this Emmanuel, this, this God with us, or God among us, that he was going to have the government on his shoulders, and he's going to rule with justice and righteousness. Oh, he's going to do what no person could do, and that is to... to be righteous and perfect so that his righteousness and his perfection and his holiness would be counted for us through faith in him. He would rule with justice by, by suffering the punishment of sin that we couldn't suffer because the punishment is death. And you and I can't suffer that and live. And he would do that for us. But these words that he will be on the throne of his father David was the words that were originally given to David. We heard it read from the lector. The words announcing that he will establish a kingdom from the line of David. And Jesus came from the line of David. He would, he would establish a kingdom that would rule forever. There is no kingdom on earth that can ever rule forever. David is dead. His kingdom is long gone. There is no other kingdom. 
that can rule forever, but this kingdom will be forever. And in order for this kingdom be, to be forever, this will have to be a, a kingdom where the king who rules in the hearts of people is one who has conquered death and rose again. This is the one who must be able to give eternal life, and he does, because this king is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. So when we hear the words here that he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, we don't take this in the physical sense of people who are descendants and can trace their ancestry back to David, but we understand these words in the spiritual sense. For we are all brothers and sisters of Abraham, who is the father of all believers. For only through faith in Christ, the very faith that Abraham had in the coming of the Savior, who we now know has come, that same faith, that same trust, is what saves. And when it comes to faith, Notice what Mary says. See, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Notice she didn't say, I'll be good for goodness sake. I'll, I'll try to turn around my life and, and I'll really make a good, strong commitment to the Lord and I'll, I'll really try hard to be a woman who is going to raise this child and do the best that I can. She just simply said, See, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. With simple childlike faith, taking God at his word, she trusted in what came from the Lord God Almighty. What a privilege and honor to be the mother of the Lord. No one else can ever claim that. And what beautiful faith that the Lord blessed her with. That was a miracle too. I pray that the Lord, on this Christmas celebration, that the Lord grant us all that simple childlike faith as well, to also take God at his word, and to rejoice in the fact that that babe of Bethlehem is not just some babe, some cute little child. No, this is Jesus. And Jesus means the Lord saves. So we know who he is. He's the Lord Almighty. And we know what he has come to do. To save us all. Which is exactly what he did. This, my friends, is the true Christmas miracle. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today 
and every day.